Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron's Good evening, everyone. It is uh, Friday, December 10th, 2021. It is our second-to-last podcast on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast, second-to-last podcast for the 2021 year. And uh, tonight, we normally have a format to our show. We have some things planned out. We really are kind of just free-forming it tonight, or kind of open mic, if you will. Um, If you would like to reach out to us here tonight, you're certainly uh, able to do so if you're listening live, of course. Um, Alan, what's our number? Go ahead and give our listeners our number here so they can call in. Sure. It's uh, 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516-418-5572. Perfect. I would have given that number out, but my computer screen went blank, so I cannot remember it off the top of my head. (laughs) That's how things go. My screen will come back up here momentarily. Um, But uh, as I said, this is our second to last show. Hard to believe we're Almost through 2021, it's been a really uh, productive year. We've had a lot of a lot of great guests on. We've um, you know been able to talk about things uh, really sports related this year because last year we of course uh, up until what September or August we didn't really have a whole lot to talk about with the pandemic really you know eating everything up. So, um, but uh, we're here now and uh, this is a really great time we're getting uh into the thick of the nfl playoff race um which uh really has uh been very interesting got a lot of really good teams on both the uh nfc and afc side and then uh as we saw this past sunday afternoon the final four if you will of the college football world uh was announced as uh we see that uh, uh michigan cincinnati and of course alabama and georgia are all going to the uh, to the uh, college football playoffs. So we'll talk a little bit more about each of those things uh, as um, as the night rolls on. I'm sure we'll hear potentially here tonight from our good uh, our good pal Lou from up in the New York area. I'm sure he'll have some takes on some things here. In fact, it uh, looks like he's on the line with us now. Uh, Lou, good evening. How are you? Okay, there we are. Not there here. we go. <laughs> All right. How you doing, Lou? Got like the unmuted button. All right. <laughs> Yeah. So, is am I the only one who's not agreeing with the list here, or um, do I have other people on my on my side here? I mean, because you know that every every year you get you know who should be in the top four, who should not be in the top four, and of course, probably the biggest um, controversy I think is uh, Cincinnati. Well, that's a good question. I looked at it uh, before yeah. they announced it um, this past. Sunday, uh, probably about 11:30, well, half an hour before they came out with the, the top four. I named off the top four. I wasn't in quite the right order. Um, I mean, I guess for matchup purposes it matters, but it, you know, um, the only swap that I had or a swap that they had on, on on what I had picked was Michigan and Alabama, and they're interchangeable in a sense. I mean, Alabama did play a tougher schedule this year, and they also beat Georgia. They were the only team to do that, so. They certainly deserve to right. be at the top. Um, Michigan, you know, I will say this, because I, I follow college football very, very meticulously. And 
the thing that we've seen as a trend in college football, and this happens in the NFL too, for that matter, uh, for the last 15 years or more, is if you don't win me a national title or get me into the playoffs or show great improvement within the first three, four, five years, we're going to fire you and we're going to start over again. So I give Michigan a lot of credit with Jim Harbaugh, um, who came in with a lot of hype around him. Look, he'd, he'd taken a NFL franchise to a Super Bowl, um, came up a little bit short there, but you know he goes to his alma mater and he was a star quarterback there back in the late '80s, early '90s, and you know first yeah. what six, seven years he couldn't beat Ohio State, and he finally was able to to whoop them pretty good this year, and I think they deserve uh, to be there too. Um, to your point though, I think Cincinnati Lou does belong there. I, I, I can't see another I can't see yeah. another team. It would have fit in there. Now, there could have been some weird stuff that may have happened last Saturday that could have changed that to some degree. But but I, I, I really like Cincinnati. In fact, I'm rooting for the underdogs in both games. Um, I do not like Georgia. Yeah. I, I, I have a lot of respect for them. They are a great team. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm a Florida fan, though, so that's our enemy. So. <laughs> right, <laughs> um, of course, of course. Um, and, and, so, and, and, you know, look, Michigan hasn't, hasn't been to this point in a long time, and Cincinnati's never been to this point. So, it's nice to see Never. That's right. yeah. both these teams that have been <clears> patient <throat> with their with their coaching situations yes. and they've been patient for for many years to finally get in. Even if they don't win, they still they still got there. So it's it's kind of neat to see it happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Was there... I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we always get the controversy, and you know. Of course, there was always kind of a who will be number one, too. Yeah, I know Alabama beat up on Georgia, but uh, Georgia was strong this year, and Alabama's defense was uh, rather weak as it compared to previous years. Yeah, I mean, they just need to have so much depth, though. It's almost uh, like they could put their second string out there in Alabama, that is, and still right, right. find a way to, to get it home. Because really, their second string this year will be their their starters next year. Uh, when you see all these guys that are going to the NFL and look, um, Alan, what was your, uh, what was your take on it uh, with the, the playoffs? Yeah, it's it's nice to see a new team get in there. I, I thought it was, you know, you figure Alabama is going to always be there. And like you said, Florida, Georgia, but it's nice that um, they was able to get a new team in there. So I thought it was, I thought it was a good choice. Yeah. I didn't see anything that, uh, you know, We'll talk a little bit more about the expansion of the playoff, which I do think needs to happen. I didn't see anything that that put anybody else, even like where it could have been controversially changed to somebody else taking over where Cincinnati was at. Um, right. You know, there there were people who wanted to make an argument for um, if Oklahoma State had won against uh, Baylor. There was talk about if Baylor had won, or they of course they did win, and then a bunch of other dominoes would have had to have fallen and maybe that would have pushed it into that direction. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, 13-0 is 13-0. And granted, yeah, your strength of schedule is not nearly as tough as Georgia. And really, the other three teams that are in, it's not nearly the same. Um, I think Alabama and Georgia have the two toughest schedules of the two te- uh, the four teams that are in. Michigan would be the, I guess, technically number two of the, the hardest schedules. And then Cincinnati would come in last there, but somebody's got to come in last. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, and that's one of the things Did you, 
Do you still agree with the format of college football and, and the way they have the playoff system? Oh. Well, I would know uh, how it's going, how it changed. You know, I, I mean, what would you have rather decide by? Decide by on the field or by the committee? You know, you got to ask yourself that. Well, I, I and to to put a little bit of a teeth to that, you really would have to fundamentally change the way that the conferences are set up before you'd be able to have something other than a committee that makes the decisions. Um, I think the number right. one thing you'd have to do is you'd have to have a limit on the number of, you know, I call them cakewalk games or, you know, when you're playing a team that is basically nobody. Oh, I mean, you're um, a game, huh? Yeah. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's upsets that happen in those probably once or twice a year. You get somebody that, you know, look yeah. at Appalachian State. They did that to Michigan, and I think it was 2007. So it does well, happen. App State, yeah. Yeah, it does happen every now and then. But I think what you'd have to do, you would have to force Notre Dame to pick a conference. Be in a, you need to be in a Power 5 conference if you want to be in there. Um, yeah. You know, to, to some degree, I would say, well, if you want to get in the playoff, you need to win your conference. But, you know, look, Georgia and Alabama are both in. Georgia was number one pretty much the entire year, and they didn't win their own conference. They're kind of like a wild card team in a sense. So Right. Um, you know, I think that the perfect format, try it for the next four or five years, is a six-team playoff. And here's how you do it. You give the number one and number two teams a bye. You get, like, just like you would in the NFL, you give them a bye week. You get that time to – that extra week or whatever to get prepared. Um, you know, you have three play four and five play six or three play six and four play five, however you want to, you know, cross those matchups up. And then, you know, one plays the lower seed and two plays the uh, higher seed. And then the winners of those games moves on to the, to the final, um, you know, you're not going to have a, a extensive, long format, you know, 12 teams or 16 teams, and it has to be somewhat even because obviously you have to have the ability to have even matchups. But I just can't yeah, see yeah. it getting any six, – six seems to be perfect. Eight may be the highest it ever goes, but I, I, to me – Eight, I if, think it would be, be just fine. Yeah, I, I think six would be perfect just because I think it gives an incentive to – yeah, you get into the playoff, you get into the playoff. Nobody's going to complain about that. But you, you get the opportunity as a one or two seed, even though you have plenty of time off between the end of the season and the in the bowl games, it gives you that time to, you know, prepare and, and it, an extra week off. Maybe you guys need rest. Now, the only thing that would throw a wrench into that, in my opinion, is, well, you've got signing day. You've got the transfer portal. And the big thing that I saw last year that I think, and it's going to be every year, but I noticed it last year more than anything else, is – and a lot of these players who they know they're going to the NFL, you need to make a, a rule where you can't commit to going to the next level until after your team's bowl game has been played. That needs to be put in place too because yeah, what happens yeah, of is you, you have guys that are committed to go make their money, and granted they're allowed to do that, nothing wrong with that, but it hurts their teams. Right. And now you get guys who are standing on the sidelines with a shirt on that has their team on it, but they're not playing. Well, you're not, you're not doing me any good standing there on the sidelines, so – <laughs> no. Um, Alan, what's your take on that? 
Yeah, I like the format you said. It sounds really good, you know, and putting in those those restrictions, are, it's very, very thought out. I think it's, it's a lot of people like to say have a playoff, but you're right. It is complicated. It's a lot easier said than done. But I, I do, yeah, I definitely do like a, a playoff format that, that gives an opportunity for a team that's not a powerhouse to kind of get in there because you never know. You know, it's always people love to hit an underdog and, and that fairy tale of the, the team that shouldn't have made it that went far. And I think the only way you're really going to know is if you play each other, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like you said, 13-0 and 0 is still 13-0. and 0. Yes, you may not have played a tougher opponent, but it's not your fault. That was your schedule. You have to play the game that's on your schedule. No. Yeah. Well, and that, that goes back, though, too, because strength of schedule has always been something they've, they've computed in. The computer has looked at that. Um, those games, uh, you say they're not their fault. Yeah, I, I agree. The players don't have any control over who they're going to play, but the schools do. They schedule those games four or five years in advance. So I think what you need right. to do is, you know, maybe, maybe uh, the, the top four six teams. Wow. Yeah. yeah, usually four or five years in advance because it's, it's, a, it's a contract. It's an agreement between the two schools, and there's usually a lot of money right, involved. Right. Which, to be honest here, guys, the thing that drives all this is money. At the end of the day, you know, you take, think? That, take, take that away and you don't have any of this going on. So, um, and look, the NCAA football, of course, basketball would be the second thing on there. It's a multi-billion dollar a year business. Um, it is probably as prosperous, if not more than the major sports leagues that we have. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's nice to see, um, I guess we can call them somewhat amateur now, uh, athletes that are young. You know, these people are 22, 18, somewhere in that range, you know, four or five year range of age. And, you know, their popularity is among highest in the sports, you know, for football. And some people don't follow the NFL. Once those guys go play in the NFL or, you know, college and they go to the NBA, they don't really follow them anymore. So um, it just kind of depends on how you look at it, I suppose. But, I, I do think, uh, back to what we were saying before, I think the six-team playoff would be what I would go with and set in place some tours for, you know. Where do you draw the line, though? Well, I think you have to have open interpretation. Um, you know, build in some things that if it doesn't work or you need to tweak well, things no, a little no, bit. Well, no, I mean, like team-wise, you know, 16, 12, um, you know, where do you, where do you where do you say okay? I think we got enough. I think six is what you start off with. You see how it works for a few years, and you have a discussion okay, open okay. about going to a few more. Now, I think if you get to that point where you're having, you know, ten or twelve teams or whatever it happens to be, then what it, what inevitably is going to happen is your, your season is going to go longer. It's going to go into you know, Jan, you know, mid to late January, maybe even into February, you're competing with the Super Bowl at that point as far as, you know, when your game's being played. So I think maybe... Can't do and, that. And, yeah, you can't do that. Now, the other thing you could think about is, you know, do you play some of those games during the month of December, which, you know, traditionally speaking, it's the first... The, the, the last Saturday, the Saturday after Thanksgiving is always rivalry weekend the saturday after that is uh championship weekend 
And then uh-huh. I believe it's tomorrow is uh, Heisman Day, if I'm not mistaken. So you have, is, the awards, you have the awards going on. So, you know, Rest do you take a week? Maybe. Yep, yeah, that too. And then, so do you take a do you take a week off and then start playing the playoffs, or <laughs> how does that work with with the holidays going on? So I, I think that, that yeah. all those scheduling conflicts become a little bit more challenging. Yes. What are your thoughts on it, Lou? Well, I think you know A was just is just perfect. Um, with that, you don't want to get you don't want to get too far because then you'd be worn down. With that. Yeah, that's a good and, point. Um, yeah, and then schedule. Um, yeah, and of course, you know, scheduling. You know, all the way into, all the way into January, into February. You don't you don't mess with the Super Bowl. I mean, it's bad. The Olympics are clashing with that. I mean, that, that's a mistake right there. You don't clash anything with the Super Bowl. Yeah, interestingly enough, the Super Bowl this year, or I guess technically it's next year, is the second weekend in February, which that's the latest that I believe it's ever been, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The, the year after 9-11 happened, so 20 years ago, I believe that was the latest at that point. They had moved everything back by a week um, in 2001, 2002. Understandable. But remember, um, we have ex- remember, they extended the season a bit uh, now. Yeah, we've got 17, uh, 17 weeks now, so we're only – I guess including the week we're in, we have only four, it's hard to believe this, four weeks left in the season. Um, yeah. Alan and Lou, I want to ask you both this question. Um, I, I kind of look yeah. at these power rankings, if you want to call them that, each week. Um, yeah. Who is um, the top two teams in the NFC and top two teams in the AFC? Alan, we'll start with you first. Oh, good question. Oh, um, I, I would have to say – Top two teams in the NFC got to be – I definitely would have to say that the Packers up there. Uh-huh. And then um, let's see. The Packers, we got also – I'd have to say the Cowboys – I'd have to say the NFC um, – we'd also have to say the Bucks. The Bucks are still in the mix. You'd also have to go with the – I think the Chiefs are going to make some noise in the AFC. And uh, and I would have to say that the Patriots. Lou, what about you? Well, I think it's a little bit late for the Chiefs, although they've made some strides. But, uh, the Packers look to be, to be strong. Um, the Bills – or another, or another take. Um, you forgot the Cardinals. Yeah, I was going to point out that the Cardinals, they're 10-2. I mean, overall yeah, best record in the NFL league, right, right now. So, right. Yeah. And unfortunately, I have and the Cowboys. Unfortunately, I have to go with the team I call them. They're making, they're making strikes as well. Yeah. I, I, would, uh, I would look at the You NFC. call the Patriots. <laughs> Obviously, you're in New York, so you're gonna go totally uh, against uh, against New England. Um, I would look at. Oh, the please don't throw a dart to the Tom Brady's picture. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely, I would definitely put the Cardinals at the top of the NFC right now, just because of the record ten and you two. You got it. Um, ten and two, Green, nothing better. Green Bay and Tampa are both nine and three. The only reason I put Green Bay ahead of Tampa is because 
the biggest win Green Bay had this year against a quality opponent was against the Cardinals. They were one of the only two losses that uh, Arizona had this right. year. So Tampa would be right behind them. And then if I'm looking at the, the last – I'm looking at, like, top four, I guess, in the NFC. I guess we'll do top four instead. might be a little easier to manage it. You know, you could look at, um, you could, you could look at the, the Cowboys for sure. I think they've shown some signs of weakness a little bit here and there. But I, I would certainly put them – Right, and they're the Rams, you know, they've been a little bit of a different dynamic since they yeah. got uh, Odell Beckham Jr. They, they haven't really been as, as good of a team as they thought they were going to be. So I think it's kind of a toss-up between those two teams because they've shown, they've shown some areas where they're not maybe quite as uh, vibrant or maybe their dynamic has changed enough where it's actually showing weakness. AFC, AFC is kind of a head-scratcher because you've got the Ravens at 8-4, and four, you've got the Titans at 8-4, yeah. You got the Chiefs at eight and four. You got the Patriots at eight and four, um, and those are the top teams in the AFC right now, all at eight and four. I really like though. If I'm picking the top two right now, you might call me crazy. The Chiefs have been on fire, and the Patriots have been on yes, fire. Yes, they have. Yeah, I, I like the Patriots on the AFC, and the Patriots when they played the Bills really to me showed why they are better team, and. The reason why it really showed in the coaching, Bill Belichick is mm-hmm. a smart man. You know, like the Bills have a lot of talent, but they didn't use their talent wisely. You were playing in a stadium in Buffalo. Uh-huh. You had a lot of wind, gusty wind, 40-44. What do the Patriots do? They run, run, and run. And then they went for the two-point conversion, which was smart, run. and ran it in. And then the Bills score a touchdown, and they kick a field goal. Uh, they kick the PAT, which the, the guy made. But I'm like, that's not a smart play. You, you know what I'm saying? If you don't score again, you lost the game. You didn't tie the game. And then, lo and behold, the Bills try to kick a field goal, knowing both teams practice. They even showed it, it leading into the game. When they try to kick like a 34-yard 34 34 34 yard field goal, both teams, the kickers missed it. And you could see the wind just blew it off to the right. But yet the Bills went ahead and tried to kick a field goal. And I'm like, you're going to miss the kick. And so enough, he <laughs> missed the kick. It, it was just those details of not – and he, the Patriots only threw the ball three times. That's amazing. Right. For you to beat another team and only throw three times is phenomenal. The Patriots, I'm telling you yes. – Bucks, it's not going to be. It's not over between the Brady, the team, the Brady and Belichick discussion because I could see the Bucks facing the Patriots down the road, mm-hmm. maybe even the Super Bowl. I could see it. The yeah, team, I mean that's that's a possible uh, you know possible Super Bowl preview. Um, you know, there's a couple different ones you could look at. You could, it would be interesting the, the Patriots and the Bucks certainly for that reason alone. Um, yes. And then I would throw in there, too, um, you know, some other matchups that might be interesting, the Chiefs and the Cowboys, the Chiefs and the Packers. Um, obviously, they played in Super Bowl one against each other. Um, the Cardinals have only been to one Super Bowl in their history, so imagine them playing, like, the Bills or the Ravens. Might be something interesting to see. Um, I'd never bet against Tom Brady. I mean, the Bucks are 9-3, and three and they've done it. If you, if you thought about the Bucks and think about yeah. the fact that they're 9-3, and three, it's almost hard to believe that in a sense, but, you know, 
all these teams that, that Brady has played against in the Super Bowl in his career. Now, obviously, he's only been to one Super Bowl as an a, uh, as an NFC player, but you think about who he could potentially be playing against. Um, you know, possibly his old team. So <laughs> it's just going to be interesting to see how things play out over the next uh, four weeks or so, and then obviously once we get into the yeah. wild card round of the playoffs and, and beyond. Yeah, Lou, I mean, what are your thoughts on the Patriots and what they're doing? Well, I guess the smart thing to do is get rid of Cam Newton because he was a downfall. As soon as they got rid of him, <laughs> they're right back up there. Yeah, they, they won seven in a row. That is just phenomenal. Yeah. And they're, they're looking like the Patriots of old, quite frankly. And Unfortunately, yes. They, they are looking very, very good. You know, and it showed it shows to me the difference, and that's one one other thing I wanted to tell you, both Aaron and yourself, Lou. That's a difference between other teams and the Patriots. The Patriots do not play ego football. They do not play ego football. The Bills, to me, showed a little bit of their ego when they played each other, and that's why they lost. Oh yeah, you know, sure. They played ego ball. Where the Patriots played winning ball, there's a difference. And the Bills, they have talent, but you didn't you didn't use their talent wisely. And those those things showed yeah. in the game, and that's why they lost the game. And then you could even tell that they got the ego bruise because at the end of the game, one of the media personnel actually asked a very fair question. He didn't ask it rudely. He asked the players, the Bills players. Do you feel a little bit embarrassed the way that the Patriots ran over you the whole game? And then the two players got really upset, joined back at the media, and it was. And I was like, you know, he actually asked a fair question. You, he only, he only, Matt Jones threw the ball three times, so you did get run over the whole game. Like the fact is, you did get run over. Like you can't deny that. And they got all upset about it, but it was a fair question in my opinion. I didn't see him, him stating anything that wasn't right. You got ran over. The guy threw the pat. He threw the football three times, and you lost. I've never heard that before. Three times and lost. And it was only two out of three. He made two completions out of three, and you lost. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I think with um, – you know, Obviously, the air was let out of the sails when Brady left a year and a half ago, went to Tampa. Um and I think that bringing in a veteran quarterback seemed to make sense. You didn't want to throw it to a rookie right away or, or somebody who was really unexperienced or inexperienced, rather. So you, you bring in Cam Newton. You know, he's a guy who won a Heisman Trophy, won a national title, uh, played in the Super Bowl, you know, several years ago. So you bring him in. You see what he's got. He didn't really fit. I, I, I think he was a, a non-fit from a lot, of, a lot of perspectives. He didn't fit as a player. He didn't fit the, the system that uh, that uh, Bill Belichick wanted to run. He's run it the last 20 years. He also didn't fit in a personality sense. And, you know, we've talked about Cam Newton multiple times on this program. Um, you know, you, you would think at, what was he, 32, 33, 31, somewhere in there now, you would think at yeah. this point that some of his kind of, I don't want to say childish used to do but you, you think some of his antics would have maybe he would have outgrown those things and he, he really maybe to some degree yeah. did but they still kind of followed him a little bit and I think that's the kind of stuff you, you talked about uh, Alan uh, Patriots they, they play pro ball 
antics are not something that Bill Belichick is really about. You know, you, you wonder why you get guys who've gone through New England and they don't last more than a year. You, you look at the Antonio Brown situation two years ago. Um, guys that are going to be distracting like that or guys who aren't going to play by the Bill Belichick way are not going to last there very long. So I, I think you're absolutely right. And looking at what they have now, I think that it would have been so easy for Bill Belichick to retire maybe a year or two ago. And, and you know, hey, I had a great 20-year run and won, what, six Super Bowls and all these great things. And I think he wanted to, you know, Brady yeah. wanted to prove himself somewhere else. Belichick now wants to prove himself with somebody younger. And he might coach another 10 years there. I mean, look, obviously it's early on, but Mac Jones looks like a perfect fit. And to some degree, and I may be being a little blasphemous here in a sense to, to Tom Brady, but he seems like a carbon copy type of type of player. He fits that template very well. Um, yeah. You know, time will tell what he does in his career, but he, um, you know, younger body, he's what, 23, so he's 20 years younger. He certainly is giving – Bill Belichick, um, new life. It's like getting new batteries uh, at this point. So, No, you, you brought up some great points there. And, and you know, the, to piggyback what you're saying is that I think Cam Newton could have fit in the Patriots' way had he matured a bit, meaning mm-hmm. he has the physical attributes. But if you want to be a winner, you can't think about anything other than winning. You can't think about showing off. You can't, and you have to sacrifice. In order for you to win in the NFL or any place else, Major League Baseball, you have to sacrifice yourself to get to the winning point, meaning you may not be, able to, you may not be the guy that gets that highlight reel at the end of the night on ESPN. You may have to throw the ball or hand it off to someone else, and they might get you to that promised land. You have to kind of stay within yourself, and you have to kind of make some sacrifices where you may not have the per- best personal stats. And a lot of guys don't want to do that. I think Cam could have worked well in a Belichick way, but he would have had to humble himself. He would have had to been like just one of the guys, you know, Cam Newton wouldn't have felt mm-hmm. good about hitting a ball off 30 something times in a game and throwing the ball three times. But that's what was required in a windy 45, 50 mile an hour game. That was required because there was a couple of passes that I'm telling you, Josh Allen got so close to getting picked because it was that windy, you know, the smart guys, like we're not going to throw the ball down the field, 35 yards out of field, a hook and it gets held up in the the wind and he gets an easy pick. But just like the game, Cam wouldn't have been happy with just handing the ball off because he would have wanted his own personal shine. And you cannot do that. If you want to play winning ball, you have to make the sacrifice to say, I need to do what's required to win not to, to do what's required for me to get mine. No, that's 100% true. And I, I think that there are guys out there that you could probably, you know, bring up that, you know, maybe were not as mature when they were younger and they kind of got to the point where they realized, hey, it's either I do this right now or I'm not going to be in the league very much longer. So, and, and the interesting thing about uh, Cam Newton is he, you know, Obviously, wasn't with the Patriots after the season started. They, I think they cut him in training camp, if I remember correctly. Um, he gets picked up by the, the Panthers here, what, three weeks ago, comes in and plays great football, and then has really just taken a nosedive since. But I, I think that's the, the Panthers organization right now. They're, they're in a free fall. You just fired your offensive coordinator. 
I'm hearing that Matt Rule, their head coach, might be the next on the chopping block. So it's really a lot of chaos there. In oh Carolina yeah, now. it is. It is. It, it's it's a it's a bad situation here in Carolina right now. Real bad, and it's real bad. What do you think about your Jets, Lou? What they how they should end the year? No comment. <laughs> That's a good comment right there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just when you thought they got something good going, something else happens. Although I will say this, uh Sam Darnold has not been uh you know, making ways in the Panthers anymore either. Yeah, I mean it's it's the fireworks kind of fell out there and Yeah, you know, it's, I think he came out with another case of mono. Yeah, that's that's real rough for Sam. It started off so well this year, and and also you also have to look at it too. Their running back went down too, so you know it's always yeah. been like a same thing with uh, Christian McCaffrey. It's it's the same thing where yeah. one of the great great backs of the league, but he, the guy just can't stay healthy. That's the problem. Yeah, unlike just, unlike where his father played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, big Ed. Yeah, Nathan McCaffrey, um, great player. I, but I think, but I think uh, you know, Donaldson seeing more ghosts as well, so that's probably another problem. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Oh, I don't feel good. Oh, I think I came, I came, I think I came down mono again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this all night. <laughs> Well, Lou, what do you got? Uh, what do you got for your um, your show here tomorrow? Well, it's going to be kind of football oriented because we have a lot going on. Because we have uh, the Army Navy game, we'll do part one of the uh, 375 bowl games that'll be between now and uh, January 10th. So we can't do them all <laughs> one night. Um, we'll also discuss who should be who should be uh, number one in the college football pool. Um, the Heisman, we'll go over who you think is going to win the Heisman. Uh, there is some baseball news, but it's not its not anything major. It's uh, four new uh, Hall of Fame numbers. I'm glad to say that one of them um, is long overdue. You'll find out tomorrow if you call. Yeah. Uh, we'll take care of I'll some mention, uh, I'll boxing. I'll mention the name here in a minute, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, oh, you know I'm going with this, don't you? Buck O'Neill, yeah, long overdue. Long wrong, overdue. wrong. Well, uh, Jim Cott would be in there too, but yeah. Yep, that's it. That's it. Although <laughs> both those guys he are very deserving. The Yan- he never played for the Yankees, but he broadcasted for the Yankees for many years. So just to give a heads up on that. Yep. So there's a, you know, have a lot to discuss, and it's uh, down to the final two shows of the year. Next week is uh, wrapping up 2021, and my fourth year as host. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, you mentioned those ball games. Um, I've had uh, the opportunity to go to some really neat sporting events over the years. Um, Daytona 500. I've been to the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby for the All Star oh, event. Oh, that reminds me, we um, lost a legend today in the in the all racing world. Yeah, we did. Actually, Alan and I were going to be bringing that up here in a little bit, but you're right, uh, Al Alan's or Big Al. Um, Big Al. Uh, one of only four drivers uh, in Indianapolis 500 history to win four Indy 500s. Um, and a his lot of people. Did, were, and his brother did. His, his brother did too, and his son, Alan Sir Jr., won two back to back in, I want to say, 92 and 93. Um, and yeah. obviously, if you're a younger uh, younger generation, you may 
remember the name Allister Jr. a little bit more than Allister Sr., but he, he kind of yes. helped pave the way for that family uh, as drivers. But um, you mentioned – Well, uh, the Andreas paved the way for it, but I guess the yeah. answer as well, you know. <laughs> well, and also A.J. Foyt. No, let's not forget about him. He was also a four-time winner. He had a lot to uh, to do with it as well. But uh, you mentioned the 73 or 74 bowl games will go on in the next – Months. I'm actually. Well, that was just exaggerated. That was exaggerated number, but you get the point. I get the point. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually going to my first bowl game here in uh, two weeks. Um, The which one? Gasparilla Bowl, which is uh, 30 minutes from where I live here in Florida. I prefer Uh, Gasparilla, but okay. (laughs) It's Florida and uh, UCF. That was called the Gasparilla Bowl. Imagine that. Yeah, that would be good. That'd be good. Well, if you attack this bowl, you can have a Gasparilla. Yeah. Hey, you want to go buy a cactus? <laughs> yeah, so the, 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 the Gasparilla Bowl is basically it's, it's the University of Florida Gators versus uh, the uh, University of Central Florida Knights. Uh, both teams, I think, are 6-6, six and six, so it's kind of like the who doesn't want to finish under 500 bowl. Um, it's mm-hmm. supposed to be fun, though, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I got an opportunity to get some tickets earlier this week, so I'll be – be heading over there on Christmas See, that's Eve the problem now. You know, you're getting these six and sixteen, and these five and sixteens, and whatever, <laughs> and thinking bowl games. I think the purpose of removing ties was just so that the uh, under five hundred teams could not get in the bowl game. Well, look what happened to that theory, people. In which <laughs> they might yep. have liked having ties. Well, it's anything better than a nine game overtime uh, a few weeks ago? Give me a break. Uh, remember what I said earlier. It's all it's all about the money because they used to have ties in college and that that's been over and done away with for I don't know twenty years now or so. But yeah, um, but good stuff, uh, good stuff. You got two shows left. We have including this one two shows left in the year, and uh, we're looking forward to starting twenty twenty two off on the right foot. So yes, yeah. I hope you guys find time to call in. Yeah, and definitely let me give the the fans your number five one. Two, five four three five four six yes yep four six six two yep so 512-543-4662. that's the yes. enhanced sports show with our good friend five to Lou. seven p.m. Eastern time five to seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone that's right he'll be on the air tomorrow Saturday make sure you check him out and support him Alan that's live and, people remember that it's live. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's live. So definitely so call you in. Say it can't be held against you. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, Lou, we appreciate you tremendously. And we got one more show, both of us, till the end of yeah. the year. So let's we'll put it this way. I can make, let's put it this way. On my show, I can make Judge Judy look like a wuss. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Yeah, me, Judge Louie, he's a mean, you know what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, well, Lou, thanks for uh, thanks for chiming in right. tonight. We certainly uh, certainly appreciate it, and we'll be talking to you again very very soon. Yeah, you're on next you're on next Friday, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'll be there. Next Friday will be there. Nice, folks. You welcome. Have a good night. <laughs> Have a great night, Lou. Thanks for All right, so that was uh, that was our great uh, great friend Lou. There, we've been that's been over a year now since he started uh, reaching out to us on our Friday night podcast here. So, 
always good to get his take and of course uh, let him mention of course his show that goes on on uh, Saturdays Eastern time between 5 and 7 p.m. so uh, he, he made a good point there he brought up uh, uh, obviously uh, something we wanted to talk about here on the show tonight um, I have been a racing enthusiast for a long time maybe not as much as I was when I was a little bit younger but uh, he did mention there that uh, Alan Sir Senior um, known as Big Al to most of the people in the racing world uh, today passed away at age 82 he is as I mentioned before one of only four drivers to win four Indianapolis 500s so we wanted to uh, send our condolences here from the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast to the Unser family and also uh, this news was very shocking this morning um, and I found out about this uh, like most other people probably scrolling through Facebook unfortunately that's where a lot of these things get posted first or where the news comes out first. But uh, Demarius Thomas, great wide receiver out of Georgia Tech, had an excellent NFL career for, I want to say, 11 years. Most people remember him. I remember him mostly from playoff game 10 years ago with the Broncos where he caught that overtime pass against the Steelers from Tim Tebow and took it all the way to the house for the touchdown. Um, He unfortunately passed away this morning at 33 years of age. And, uh, you know, you don't expect these kind of things to happen. It's, um, you know, a sudden tragic loss like that. And so um, we certainly send the Thomas family our condolences as well. Yes, definitely we do. In fact, let me uh, give you my thoughts about both uh, about Mr. Thomas in a moment. Let's do a moment of silence for both Demarius Thomas and also Al Unser. Yes, and that is for Demarius Thomas and Al Unser. And and Demarius Thomas, you know, somebody who has had that experience, unfortunately, of having a sudden medical, unfortunate situation that happens where someone just basically just passes away, being that I've I've been through that process of, of having a close, close friend pass because that is really tough to have a surprising death like this. Any death is definitely tough, but shocking and definitely I, I want to send my sincere condolences and prayers to the Thomas family because um, it's so young and yet such a promising life. And unfortunately, it just reminds you in life that no one is promised tomorrow. You got to be the best person you can, but live your life and enjoy it because it goes by real fast. So definitely many prayers and condolences to the Thomas family. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is something we didn't see coming. Um, you hear about these things uh, occasionally. Um, you know, it catches you by surprise. And um, very, very uh, um, true in those things you just said there, Alan, in terms of you're not promised tomorrow. So, um, you know, again, we certainly do send our condolences out uh, to the uh, Thomas family, and of course, as well as I mentioned before, uh, the family of uh, Al Unser. So, um, you know, a lot of things this year that we've talked about as we're winding down the 2021 year in sports. I know next week we're going to probably have um, some time to really reflect back on the big stories that broke this year, the the surprising moments, the uh, all too predictable things that occurred, um, and you know. Obviously, this is really our first full year of from start to finish where we've had 
a show pretty much every week. Now we've taken some time off here and there for uh, vacations and anniversaries and birthdays and um, illnesses and things of that nature. But for the most part, we've probably done, I'd say about 40, 42, 45 shows somewhere in that range this year. So we talk about a lot of stuff and we've had some great guests on this year. We've had a lot of individuals from the boxing world. We've had a lot of individuals from the golf world. Um, And what I think is so neat about what we do on the show is, you know, I think when we started this uh, almost two years ago, what we envisioned was we're going to have an interview every week. Now we both know that's not always possible. So um, we got creative and I think we've learned a lot from some of the guests that maybe most people maybe maybe don't think about in the sports world, people behind the scenes. Um, you know, we've had uh, voices from the sports world. We had uh, Chip Carey at the beginning of the year. We had Daryl Strawberry. I mean, that was a great a great interview we had there. And we've had many others. We had uh, um, several people from the, the golf world uh, that have joined us as well. And I think we've learned a lot on the show. So. I just want to throw this out there that, you know, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast is not just here for entertainment purposes. We also like to educate people at the same time. So just wanted to throw that little nugget of information out there so people don't forget. No, that's a great point, Aaron. That's definitely well said. And and we've been really, really tremendously blessed by this show. It's just amazing. You know, when I reflect back for the year, and we'll talk more, of course, about it, and our final show of the year next week. But to touch on that, it's been, I, you know, I was thinking about that this week, like, man, we've done a lot in this year. It's just amazing that on. And you're right. We, a lot of people that we have on our show, most people would overlook, but they're very relevant. And the guests that we have on our show, we are looking to help them along their journey of becoming somebody who is somebody that everybody knows. So we, we have celebrities that come on, but we also don't overlook people and have regular people, just like me and you, who are gifted athletically or they've done something, and we want to bring awareness. You know, we've, we've had guests that specialize in, in mouth guards, so we want to bring awareness and educate and not just entertain, too. We want to educate as well. And like as you mentioned, we've had Daryl Strawberry. We've had some phenomenal guests. You know, we've had great guests. We had Keith Thurman, a lot of boxers. We had a lot of golfers on this show. We've had Chip Carey, as you mentioned, and and a lot of people in between there. And it's just uh, been a, a tremendous, tremendous blessing to be part of the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. I really want to thank you, Aaron, and I also want to thank all the fans and all the listeners and all the supporters who have chimed in, who have liked our page, liked the comment or anything connected to this show. We don't take it for granted. And you're right. We want to entertain and educate. And we're looking to have more people to finish out the year, but we're also looking forward to next year too. It's just, we got started with the pandemic really kind of hit and just look at what we've done. It's just unbelievable. What are your thoughts on that, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a time a year and a half ago, and I, I probably have uh, made this point or something to the degree of it uh, a handful of times since, 
but we started or kind of brainstormed this around mid-January of 2020. Um, and neither of us, I mean, I think we might have heard of this coronavirus stuff that was going around, but we, I think most people, and maybe I'm only speaking for myself here, I'm not really sure, didn't really realize the, the impact that it was going to have. You know, if you go back, uh, not to get too into previous times, but if you go back, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago, we had, I believe it was the swine flu, I think is what they refer to it as. So I thought it was just another thing like that. I thought it was just going to be another one of those things that was going to run its course, and in a year or six months, we won't talk about it anymore. Here we are two years later, we're still talking about it. It's gotten yeah. crazier and crazier by the day. So I think when all that started, you know, you get distracted in your own life with uh, with events and, you know, work and family and all these different things that go on. So I looked at it as just another another thing that'll come and go. And, you know, the sports stuff was starting to kick off. I actually went to the Daytona 500 that year. Um, and, um, you know, didn't think anything of it. And then I, I, I tell people this brief part of the story. The first time I really realized that things were starting to be impacted by this was I went into a store and I went down the aisle that has, um, like soaps, wasn't a thing on the shelf. It was like, what's going on here? So we picked a really weird and strange year to begin a sports show because basically from about mid-March until, what was it, late July, early August, all we could do is talk about stuff. We could speculate on who might get traded here, who might sign a free agent contract there. Is there going to be a season? So if you go back to roughly June or so of last year, year and a half ago, Major League Baseball is usually going on that time. You're getting into the, you know, meat of the season, if you will. And it was, is there going to even be a season? Are we even going to have a – you know, talk back and forth about guys not wanting to play. They weren't going to get their full pay. They were upset about it. And, I, you know, we had a discussion about that. And, you know, the neat thing is most of that stuff's in the past now. We've kind of been able to somewhat turn the page. There's still serious – things that are out there with this pandemic, we've learned a lot. Um, and I think that uh, the neat thing is, is we've been able to take advantage as a program on getting those interviews you talked about before, keeping people entertained. And, you know, you and I have known each other for a couple of years now. Before we even started doing this program, first thing I would say to you when I'd see you each day was, did you catch that game last night or did you see that game over the weekend or did you see this, this or this? And so now we're doing this as a show where we can bring an audience in and we can bring in guests that we might have connections to. I mean, look, you got to go play golf with Derek Brooks two weeks ago. How cool is that? <laughs> I mean, you got, to, you, got to go, you got to go to Atlanta. Hang on. This is the great part, man. You got to go to Atlanta during the World Series <laughs> where I would have loved to have been. <laughs> And you got to interview Vander Holyfield. I mean, how 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 incredibly awesome is that? So we've been blessed on this show. There's no doubt about it. Um, best is definitely yet to come. We're going to be bigger and better. And not that we haven't been good already, but we vision for where we're going to take things down the line. I think there's going to be some neat things we're going to introduce to everybody in the next uh, six months to a year. And we're having fun. And we're glad to have an audience. We're, we're glad to have people who listen in who 
you know, I, I, I won't mention where I am employed at just because I don't feel like it's necessary to do that on the air. But as I walk through, sometimes when I'm in my office, I have people who will stop me and say, hey, how's that show going for you? How, how's everything going? Or, hey, I heard, uh, I heard this interview you did with so-and-so, and that was really neat. It kind of opened my eyes to a different area of sports. So we're making an impact. It's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, can't imagine doing anything different for, for this. This is just such a neat thing that we've been able to, to do. And, and we've grown our technology. Uh, I don't think either of us are the best with the technology stuff. I, I would definitely think that's a very uh, true comment to make there. But we're, we're learning it. And we've had some great help along the way. Um, and, um, you know, we'll do more of the uh, reflecting on 2021 sports-wise and how the show's gone next year, or next week, rather. But, uh, you know, certainly has been uh, a lot of fun doing this. It has been. And, and you know, definitely a, it has been a tremendous amount of fun. You're right. I mean, just doing those things that I did, uh, going to Atlanta, playing with Derek Brooks, and it's all connected to the show. It's just it's just, uh, it's just wonderful blessing. And I just I feel honored to be in this position. I get a lot of people saying, man, I, I love that interview you did. They'll make comments about it, and and it's just it's just something that we just had a vision and just went with it, and we learned we learned a lot as you mentioned along the way, and we're still learning. But it's just great that we have people supporting us, and it's just it's awesome. I'm gonna make sure that I put a a beautiful post to the people, the the actual guests that have either came on our show or I've interviewed before the end of the year to kind of give them publicly their thank you too. That because they deserve it. You know, you, you, you've helped us along the way by giving us your time and we, we don't take it for granted. We appreciate you more things to come. And, you know, I, I did want to mention too, that greater things even coming. You mentioned Derek Brooks and play, I played in his golf tournament. Very thankful. And thank you to Derek Brooks for liking our page, our liking our comment. I said, say our post on our page as well as he did it both personally and on our show page. So even, you know, Derek Brooks and celebrities, they get to know about our show too. So, you know, but it's not because we're just looking to get celebrities. We're not overlooking people. And that's the key. A lot of people overlook people. And one of the things that I've learned from Warren Buffett, meeting him many, many, many times, is that the man does not overlook anybody because everybody's important. And it's just about hearing about that person's story that makes them different. And I'm glad we were able to give that platform. I've had a lot of people reach out to come on our show that I didn't even think I had the interest, but yeah. And, you know, I got to thank a few people. I got to thank Glenn Earnshaw. He's helped me with a lot of the interviews that I've had from guys in Australia. I mean, just imagine that, that we have, we're getting known all the way in Australia internationally because of this show. And I got to thank Paul Briggs because he did do an interview this week with our show. You know, he's the owner uh, definitely of, of, a, of his boxing gym. And you definitely need to support him because he is, he is definitely a great guy. And I definitely think um, we, uh, we, we definitely take, you don't want to take things for granted and you want to make sure you don't take people for granted at any time. So Paul Briggs, he's a true warrior. Thank him for, for doing, coming on our show. 
I do want to thank also to Talks Pedro. And Talks Pedro is somebody who interviewed on our show last week. Well, guess guess what, folks? I'm going to play with Talks Pedro on Sunday, and that's because of this show. I'm going to play with a, a, a golf pro, and I will be able to to go ahead and film some of it. I'll interview him again. He did just have a tournament. I will get his thoughts on the tournament that he just participated on earlier this week to hear his thoughts about what went good, what maybe didn't go so great. So you'll hear from a golf pro who told us about his his event coming up. Now we're going to see the aftermath, and I'll be able to film, do some filming, and I'm going to play a, a round of golf. We're already booked to play a round of golf on Sunday. So that's going to come up. So we have that. I also have a, a, another interview from a boxer from Australia, Dana Colwell, who will definitely join our show too via Zoom. So it's been a real tremendous blessing being part of the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. I got to thank you, Aaron. You know, you make this possible. And and it's just a, it's a true, true blessing. And more more great things to come for 2022. And we, we don't take you for granted at all. Yeah, no, definitely well said there. Well said, and that's definitely what we both reflect here uh, on uh, at this point. I mean, we we would be just two guys sitting here talking to each other uh, for an hour and a half each Friday night if it wasn't for uh, for what um, you know what our listeners do, and they they like our stuff, they uh, comment on our stuff, and we welcome the comments. You know, even if it's uh, even if it's critical, you know, we we welcome the comments. So, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> we enjoy we enjoy the opportunities that we get, and um, just want to run this through here too. Um, I know I don't know two three weeks back, I was looking at our standings and our picks uh, throughout the year. Um, I've been doing this for probably twelve thirteen years now. Took a year off last year during the pandemic, but doing weekly NFL picks and I got you on board with it this year. And again, just to make sure I have the disclaimer out there, this is not for, for betting purposes or anything of the sort. So if you take our advice on who to pick for a game, definitely um, that's on you, not on us. Um, through last night, or actually through about two, three weeks ago, you had a six game lead, which almost seemed insurmountable <laughs> <laughs> because that's a lot of wins. Uh, have I mean you got to probably I'd have to make up two or three games a week basically the rest of the year to get any traction well up until last night I had made up five games so I was only a game behind you uh last evening uh, I picked uh Pittsburgh and unfortunately Minnesota won so you're back to having a two-game lead but uh we've got some good picks here I'll run through them real quickly really essentially there's only two games we picked uh, differently in this week's uh, picks, uh, the one last night was different. And then um, in a football club playing against the Cowboys, uh, you picked the Cowboys. I'm going to pick the upset there and say that Washington gets that game. But looking at the rest of the schedule, you got the Ravens and the Browns. We both picked Baltimore. Um, this is a pretty easy pick here. The Titans over the Jaguars. Uh, uh, rather, uh, Tennessee is looking pretty dominant right now. Jacksonville is Jacksonville at this point. They've just kind of <laughs> imploded, uh, which was what we kind of thought. Um, Red Hot Chiefs, 
playing the Raiders. Uh, both of us picked uh, Kansas City in that one. Um, lose off the line, so he's not going to comment on this. But you got the the Saints and the Jets. I'm going to go with New New Orleans on that one, uh, which is both of what we picked there. And then uh, let's see, we both got the remaining games here. Looks like both of us picked uh, Atlanta over Carolina. Uh, both of us picked uh, Seattle over Houston. Um, both of us, oddly enough, have the Broncos over the Lions, which um, is not a surprise. It's just the, you know, <laughs> Detroit with that win they finally got last week, it's kind of like, hey, maybe they'll start a win streak kind of thing. So, um, and then uh, let's see here. It's like uh, the Chargers got them over the Giants, the Bengals over the 49ers. 49ers are kind of fading at this point. I like this matchup on Sunday, the Bills and the, the Bucks, and it's in Tampa, and you mentioned the Bills earlier in the show, how they kind of played with some ego. Is that going to change this week? Are they going to be able to do anything to, to beat Tampa? That's a good question. I, I don't think so. I definitely think the Bills are a very talented team, but I just think that they do not play smart football. And one of the things that shows that they haven't curbed the ego is that they they want to pass the ball way too much. They have very little running game. And, yes, the Bucks have struggled a bit in the secondary, but I just think that they're going to give pressure to Josh Allen and they're going to make those those defensive moves to go ahead and win the game. And I think Tom Brady is not going to play ego ball. At least he doesn't do it most of the time, I should say that. But I, I just think that the Bucks have a better team all around, and I, I see the Bucks winning this game. Yeah, I can't unless they just make a lot of mistakes. I can't see, I can't see Tampa blowing this one. Um, now, Buffalo does have a, a fast, um, a fast team. So if Tampa's defense is too relaxed, they could have some problems. Um, that yeah. could be a big, a big issue. But uh, I, I just, I, I think Tampa's got this game, especially being at home. If this game was in Buffalo, it might be a different story. Weather can, can play a big factor sometimes, as we obviously saw this past week, but. Um, looking ahead to the last two matchups of the weekend, um, Sunday night is um, Aaron Rodgers, who owns the Bears. Uh, they're playing in Lambeau. Um, should be a fun game. This might be it for uh, Matt Nagy, the head coach of the, the Bears. There's been a lot of talk about this might be his he, – he's probably out after the season anyways, and this might be the game that kind of, you know, breaks the – the, the Jenga table, if you will, um, knocks the rest of them over. Um, you know, they haven't had the success they wanted. They drafted a quarterback in the first round this year uh, in Chicago, and it's been kind of a strange situation there. They've definitely not played up to their capabilities for sure. Um, both of us picked the Packers. I, I don't see any, any way at all that Chicago would have any real chance in that game. And then the last game, the Monday night game, probably a really good matchup really is the Rams, who are eight and four, they're going to Arizona to take on the ten and two Cardinals. I think this is a game that the Cardinals can really make a statement to say, "Hey, we are right now the top dog in the NFC." You know, they go to eleven and two if they win. They'll have beaten an eight and four Rams team, which is a really good team right now. And really, the only the only real big blemish, I guess, for the Cardinals, I wouldn't say it's a blemish. I guess they they lost to the Packers. 
and there was I forget what the other game was they lost earlier this year, but um, you know they really have a solid team there in um, in Arizona. In fact, their only loss this year. Let me go back and look here. After they lost to uh, the Green Bay, their next loss was against. Let me find it in my list here. I'll come across it in a moment, but I mean, again, to have, I mean, two losses in a 17 game schedule, that's still got four games left, of course, but that's a pretty solid, you know, pretty solid situation right there at their end. So and the only other game they lost this year was against the Panthers. So, um, you know, that kind of puts it into perspective on how good of a season they've had and, uh, you know, got a really solid offense. Um, hopefully, Tyler Murray can stay healthy the rest of the way, and the sky's the limit on what they can do in Arizona right now. They're absolutely right. You always want you want guys to, even if it's not your team playing, and it's maybe not a team you're rooting for. You don't want anybody to have any excuses. It's always nice when you get all the big guys back healthy, and everybody's playing because this way, it, it's there's no what ifs. And I just think that it's it, the Cardinals are, are making a lot of noise. And this is, like you said, a great matchup for them to play against the Rams, which is a team that I'm telling you, they haven't publicly said it, but I could see they want to do what the Bucks did and win a Super Bowl in their home stadium, which is what the Rams have on the table if they could get this done. No, yeah. you're exactly right. You're exactly right there. Um, I think the Rams are going uphill, honestly, at this point, but you, you never know. Because if you look at where the Bucks were a year ago, they were kind of going uphill themselves. They they had to go on a really late season run to get to where they got. So it's not out of the question. But, they're, you know, the funny thing is they would probably not have, unless it's in the wild card round, they probably would not have home field advantage at all in any of their regular playoff games until they get potentially to the Super Bowl. So it would be kind of interesting to see that happen. That's exactly what happened with the Bucks this past year. So – they didn't play a home playoff game until they played the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. And and also one thing that the Bucks did have that I think worked in their favor for them to repeat again, it will definitely be a a huge accomplishment, but it won't be easy. The Bucks did have a advantage last year in the fact that they had a bye week pretty late in the season, which was very which was great for an older team to have a bye week late in the season. You get kind of recharged. Unfortunately, this year the Bucks will not have that advantage. They had their bye week, I think, two or three weeks ago. So that's a lot of weeks before you, you you're not going to get anything off until the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly right. So, so very very good point there. I think it's going to be interesting to see how teams managing that is really a big thing. You know, once you clinch, do you go ahead at that point and you know, do you let some of these guys take a, a, a series off or do you, you know, have them play only half the game or even take a whole game off? I remember uh, 19 years ago when the Bucks, uh won their first Super Bowl and try to remember Brad Johnson was the quarterback at the time. And I think the last game of the season, John Gruden didn't let him play at all. He had Rob Johnson, who was the third string quarterback at the time, starting that final game of the year against the Bears. And I forget what the outcome of that game was because it's been so long ago, but it proved to actually be a good move because 
you, you, you kept Brad Johnson ready for, you know, first of all, you kept him getting hurt. But secondly, you kept him ready and, and getting that rest that he needed right at the end of the year there. So those are the kind of things you have to look at. Um, I'm not trying to give a guy an entire game off because you don't want to throw the rhythm of the whole entire team out of whack. But, um, you know, you want to take the opportunity to give guys rest. And, again, probably more importantly, keep them from having any any risk at all of getting hurt. Yeah, you're right. And you do definitely don't want to rest somebody too much. You're right about that. And I agree, maybe half the game. But you want to stay you want to stay active and you want to stay in the rhythm because I think sometimes getting too much even Derek Jeter said that. He preferred even when he was playing, even during the grind of the baseball season, he liked to have one day off and continue. He didn't even like having two days off. So you want to stay you want to stay within rhythm. It definitely not too much rest is going to be a good thing. Exactly. That's a perfect point there. So, Well, it's been a great show here tonight. Uh, obviously, uh, getting a chance to talk to Lou uh, once again. Um, we'll have one more show here the rest of the year. Uh, that'll be next Friday night, and uh, we will have uh, a lot of reflecting time. Uh, we'll probably go back uh, over this next couple of days. We're going to kind of brainstorm some ideas of specific things to talk about. Uh, maybe what we think our biggest moment in sports was this year, or maybe personally to ourselves, we thought our, our biggest moment was. And it'll be a great show next week as we end the 2021 year and then uh, get prepared for getting everything started over again for 2022. So, Alan, anything else you wanted to, to bring in here tonight? Yeah, I just wanted to just um, give my quick boxer predictions. I did want to say that I think we have the Loma, Chenko, and Comir fight. I think uh, Lomachenko is going to have an easy night and win that fight. I have Nico Ali Walsh, who is the grandson of Muhammad Ali, the great Muhammad Ali. He, Nico Ali Walsh, I believe, is going to win, and now it'll make him, let's see, I watched his fights. This will make it 3-0, I believe, or 4-0. I'll double-check that real quick. And then we have Alexander Zayas. I have him winning his fight, too. And so it should be a, a great weekend of boxing for those who are boxing fans i did want to say on the chase claypool situation real quick is that i thought it was i don't know for the people who didn't see it that happened chase basically celebrated him getting a first down the game was still being played it was getting down to wire by him celebrating it caused more of a delay for the referee to get the ball down they were not able to run another play they ran out of time and again I want to say to all football, boxing, and golf fans that if there's two types of ways you can play, you can play to win or you can play for yourself. And Clay, Chase Claypool, extremely talented guy, he played for himself at that moment, and that's cost his team. You have to make sacrifices if you want to win, and sometimes that means keeping those showboating times to yourself. But, yes, that's all I really wanted to add. Do you have anything else to add to, Aaron? No, I think that really covers it all here tonight. Uh, it's been a great evening, uh, as I mentioned there before. And uh, we look forward to being back here uh, next Friday for the last show of the year. And uh, it'll be, again, a great time. And we'll have some uh, some fun once again. So I want to thank our, um, our audience for listening in here this evening. Uh, this is, of course, December 10th, 2021. Thank you again to Lou for, uh, for coming on the show as well. And uh, – Everyone have a great weekend.
Thank you for listening to the Evelyn Aliens Post Talk Podcast. <laughs> Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.